0: Am I right, sir, or am I wrong? Happy Friday. Bunch of great things up today. 2020 has taught us that college football scheduling five to 10 years out in advance is stupid. And also it's taught us that hypocrisy knows no boundaries in 2020, but especially in college football. The NBA won't be testing for weed this year. They won't be testing for it. It's a waste of time anyway. MSNBC correspondent Steve Kornacki is going to get a shot at predicting the NFL playoff picture this week on Sunday Night Football in America. Warner Brothers is releasing their 2021 movie slate on HBO Max people are talking about movie theaters are going out of business no i'm going to break down the details of that and why and how it makes sense uh target the store the actual store target taught us an important lesson about life and my college football picks Am I right or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Daily fire on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you show up. No BS is allowed because of course, I only keep it 100. Uh, We're going to start with college football though. 2020 has taught us two things. Number one, that scheduling games five to 10 years out is stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And hypocrisy knows no bounds. So um, Stu Mandel, the writer, had a great idea. He said, going forward, post-pandemic, every team should leave one non-conference date open and see how the season goes and then book somebody on the fly that's at their level, that's commensurate where they are. And we learned that this can be done. Teams have scheduled games in two to three days. So why the hell do we need to wait? Uh, Do do we need to look forward years in advance to a game? So I was looking forward to the Oregon-Ohio State game. Oh, it was going to be in Eugene. So excited. Uh, Yeah, it's a big deal. Next year is supposed to be in Columbus. But why did it need to be scheduled five, six years in advance? It didn't. This is why teams get blamed for their schedules because you'll have Alabama schedule Louisville Louisville was good when Lamar Jackson was there but after he left they haven't been they've been a doormat for a team like not in college football but a doormat for a team like Alabama that's a problem so if you see where teams are then you can schedule them like imagine if after um after Uh, UCF Central Florida won their national their national championship that they were able to schedule Alabama after they were screaming we want fam imagine that that would have been great television would have been great ratings all of that um you can actually make better matchups you you could get these hot names in coaching who are talking trash match them up this would be a better product for college football The TV ratings would love it. The networks would love it. This is the same thing like almost like the NFL does with flexing games out of the Sunday night game, the primetime games. Put a better matchup in. That's what fans want. But that would involve eliminating the hypocrisy that is in college football. That would involve eliminating it. And the hypocrisy is just growing. It's just like our normal lives, right? We have these governors of states, the mayors asking us to have stay-at-home orders, asking us not to travel, and then they're going off like the Austin mayor and flying down to Cancun or Mexico for his daughter's wedding. Uh, uh, Like, come on, man, stop it. Or the Denver mayor, same thing, going off with his family during Thanksgiving. Gavin Newsom, don't eat outdoors, don't eat indoors, and then you go do it. Like, it's whack, right? This is the same thing that happens in college football. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to be safe in terms of coronavirus because this is a pandemic, I believe in it. However, it starts with the leadership. If the leadership isn't doing the right thing, how are you going to expect the people to do it? But in college football, there was a, a conference in the SEC, their commissioner, Greg Sankey, called out the ACC. He was right, though. He was right for calling out the ACC because they were uh, involving, well, what they did is they basically canceled Clemson's next game against Florida State. Not the one this Saturday, the one the next Saturday, which would be a makeup game, partially because Dabo Sweeney didn't want to play Florida State because he was mad about the game being canceled, all of that. And then the conference went and canceled Notre Dame's makeup game for that week. So they've cleared the path for Clemson and Notre Dame. To uh, granted, they probably weren't going to lose either one of those games, but when you play, it's football. People get hurt, all sorts of things, and it can throw a monkey wrench in the next week. But the ACC cleared the path for them, and I like both of those teams. But I promise you, I hope one of them loses. I do, I do. Because that's totally wrong. And Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, called him out and said, we're going to play all our games with pride. And th- this is wrong. Okay. But the hypocrisy is you called out the ACC commissioner and the conference, but the SEC schedules these November cupcakes every single year. Right before the Iron Bowl, which is the last game of Alabama season, they play against uh, uh, Coastal Carolina Tech State, Northeastern Alabama, Southern Utah State Technical Institute. That's a glorified bye week. Your starters only play a quarter, maybe two at the most. You know the outcome of the game. So the hypocrisy is ridiculous. And it makes people frustrated because it's like, hold up. How are you going to call out the ACC, even though that they were wrong, when you sit up there and you line up the stars for your teams? What happens before the Georgia-Florida game? By week What happens before other matchups? By week Or a cupcake. Come on, man. If you're going to call people out, at least be about your business. Come on, Greg Sankey. I agree with you, but do do better. Play nine conference games. Uh, NBC political correspondent, Steve Kornacki, he is going to be making his way to the NFL. So politics is back involved in sports except this time. So if you don't know, who he is, he's the guy with the khaki pants on MSNBC who does the touchscreen for the election. You know, if you get this many electoral votes, here's the path to the presidency. He's that guy. And he's going to get a chance to do it, which I think is fabulous on the Sunday night football game, the Broncos versus the Chiefs. I think this is brilliant uh, cross promotion by the networks. I think it's smart. And this is we don't deserve this because this man is entertaining. He even got a gap deal because of his damn khakis because of his damn Jim Harbaugh khakis. He got a deal. And uh, Gap's donating like 500 pairs of, of khakis to Boys and Girls Clubs and over $50,000. All in. So he's doing some really good things with, with what he did. So kudos to that, and I'm excited for that. That was just a little blip. The NBA, they're doing something a little bit different this year. They won't be testing for weed, which is also known as marijuana, this season. First thing is, it's a waste of time. Anybody who's been around NBA players or professional athletes knows some of them smoke weed. Some of them only smoke weed in the offseason. Some of them only some of them smoke weed year round and some of them don't smoke weed at all. But the idea that you are going to be testing for it when it's legal in a bunch of states. I know it's not legal federally. It seems like a waste of time to me because what are you trying to do? Cause the players are going to do what they're going to do anyway. Cause they understand your testing policy and ways around it and all that. And truly, unless you get arrested or, or something along those lines, you're not going to be able to fail tests anyway. And if you do, you have a serious problem, but here is what the league said, which is very interesting due to the unusual circumstances in conjunction with the pandemic, We have agreed with the NBA Players Association to suspend random testing for marijuana in the 2020-2021 season. All right. The funny part about that is the unusual circumstance. So yes, it's a dangerous situation for testing people, all of that. So I get it. And you don't want people around your players who could possibly infect them. I get that. But it's just funny that it's like, because it sounds like uh, of all the chaos going in the world, y'all go ahead. If you need to light one up, ah, go go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. No problem with that. So it's funny there. And, you know, everybody's sports calendar is thrown all off. I am a person who um, I look at weed a lot like I look at it. Alcohol should be used responsibly if you choose to use it, but no judgment from, from me, whether you do or not, you're not smoking crack. Um, next thing up, a little tidbit as well. The American Cornhole League, the ACL. I don't like that. I don't like that name, actually. Being a person who's torn by ACL, they have agreed to a deal with CBS. They are going to be broadcasting their games. Why does this matter? It matters because it matters to me. It matters to me because they put this on television and people say, oh, why would they put stupid cornhole on television? For people like me, I watch cornhole. I play cornhole. And truth be told, I look at this even more than I in a different way than I look at curling because I've curled before. And I've looked and I'm like, yo, if I dedicate my time to curling, I promise you I can make the Olympics. And same thing with cornhole. I am really good at it already. So anybody who knows, I'm like 55 and one in my last 56 cornhole matches. So, yes, I'm looking forward to this. And if you guys and if anybody in my area wants to get a cornhole team, hit me up. I'm I'm on board, man. I'll put my time dedication in because I already got the already got the flick, man. I'm holding them out all the time. Understand how to shuffle board it up and, and blocks and all that. I'm in, man. Find me a teammate, please. Um, Warner Brothers. So the people might be wondering why this is because am I right or am I wrong? Semi sports show, right? But people are wondering why are you talking about Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers the the studio they're releasing all their 2021 films on HBO Max and theater simultaneously. And this was inevitable. This means Space Jam 2, The Matrix 4, King Richard, which is about Venus and Serena's uh, uh, biopic, about uh, Venus and Serena's dad, Suicide Squad, all these movies. They're going to be released on HBO Max, which is a digital streaming service Along with the movie theaters and this was inevitable, but there's so many people saying, Oh, they're, they're putting movie theaters out of business. No, the pandemic has actually just accelerated the process of things that were already trending in that direction. The people weren't going out of business. The pandemic's not putting people out of business. Yes. Well, some of it is, but it's not going to put the movie theaters out of business, the movie theater industry, because people are still going to go to movie theaters. It's just gonna force the theaters to deliver a more premium product. So yes, some of the movie theaters will go away, but the idea of going to movie theaters won't. And for the the production companies and for the studios like Warner Brothers, they actually lower the barrier of entry for people to rent and watch their movies. And we saw that when Trolls came out. They, um uni- Universal, they allowed you to rent it for $19.99. Mind you, the way movie theater tickets work is, so a portion, the majority of your movie ticket, when you go buy it, uh, the majority of that money goes to, uh, goes to back to the studios and the production companies, all of that. The theaters make money off of the concessions. So they are the, they're a middleman. They are a middleman to you watching a movie. So they're going to have to deliver a more premium product to get people out of their house to watch, um, LeBron James and space jam or suicide squad or whatever it is. But in general, uh, they've lowered the bar to the barrier to entry. People aren't going to, they're going to make their own popcorn at home. They don't have to worry about lines. Pregnant moms uh, who are uncomfortable can sit on their couch crying babies. Uh, You don't have a a mom and dad don't have a babysitter. If you're sick, you're short on time. The barrier to entry to seeing these movies has uh, lowered significantly. And families who couldn't afford to go to a to go see a movie like that's what the average price works out to, because if. Two people are gonna watch a movie. Okay, 1999, that's more than what they would have gotten from already two people going to go see a movie. If a family of four watches it, it all averages out for them because Trolls made over $100 million doing it this way alone. So in conjunction with the theaters, they believe, and I believe correctly so, that they are betting that this is going to be equally as profitable, if not more profitable for them. Smart move for them. Um, and I'm looking forward to a lot of these movies as well. Uh, next thing up, I saw a picture today. The Stanford Cardinal, Stanford University. They uh, they got booted out of Santa Clara County, which we talked about in the last podcast. They can't practice there. So they have to practice in um, s- Seattle. They were supposed to have two home games. But now they had to move it to Seattle and then they have to go straight to Oregon State and practice in the state of Oregon because they can't practice or play in California right now where they are in Santa Clara County because Santa Clara County is not allowing any sports to be played because of the pandemic. I saw a picture of them practicing in a park in downtown Bellevue, Washington, a park. A professional college football team. Yes, I said the word professional in college. Professional college football team is practicing in a in a park, not in all of their normal stuff. They're doing walkthroughs, all that. This is 2020 in a nutshell. So hopefully Stanford does well this week because that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the last thing up we have today are my college football picks against the spread. Yo, I am excited about this because I am on a comeback mission. Overall on the season, I am 22, 29, and 1. And my lock of the week is a very strong 4 and 2. Last week had a little struggle. 2 and 6 last week, but I'm bouncing back this week going, what am I, going 9 and 0 this week? Let's go, let's get it. First game up, we got the BY. You boys, the BYU boys. So they they are the ones who say anytime, any team, any place. Okay, yeah, they're going to play Coastal Carolina. They want to move up in the college football playoff rankings. They're number 13. They're upset. They feel that they should be higher. They haven't played anybody. I do believe that they should be higher than a Georgia and some of these other teams They have two losses that got housed in them, but that's neither here, here nor there. The other part is, Coastal Carolina, they are a good story, but they aren't going to move the needle for BYU. BYU is favored by 10 points. The over-under is 61.5. Give me the BYU boys and give me the over. This is gonna be a lot of points scored. BYU's Zach Wilson, who's played himself into being a first-round quarterback this year, gonna have a big-time game. This will be a high scoring affair. And you know, BYU is not going to let off the gas. Even if they are blowing them out, they are going to want to send another message because they are number one in the NCAA in um, point differential. Next game up the UCLA Bruins at Arizona state, Arizona state's only played one game this year. They are they their favorite by three points playing in Tempe, over, under is 55. I give me the under in this game. I don't know if, if Dorian Thompson Robinson is back or if UCLA is still going to be starting Chase Griffin, but give me the Bruins. They, I don't need no damn points. They are going to win this game. And this, my friends, is my <laughs> lock of the week. UCLA, bet it up. They will win this football game. Next game up. Uh, Ohio state at Michigan state. Everybody was looking at this game, circling it because if Ohio state doesn't play this game, they do not qualify for the big 10 championship, which means they may get ousted from the college football playoff. All right. I don't know how many uh, scholarship players Ohio state is going to have, but they are going to make sure that they play this game. This game is very important to them. They may not have a quarterback. They may not have anything, but they are going to put people out there. And it probably makes sense because Michigan State's kind of terrible. Ohio State is on the road, favored by 24 points, over under 59 and a half. giving me the under. And even though Ohio State is shorthanded, they will still win this game. But Michigan State will beat the spread. I'm telling you, 24 points. They play ugly games already, and they are going to be hyped up. Ohio State shorthanded recipe for disaster for that line of 24. Um, Next game up, Oregon, number 23, Oregon at Cal. Cal has lost their last two games on special teams blunders. Uh, they had a kick block two weeks ago, and last week they missed an extra point that would have sent the game into overtime after scoring a game of what would have been a game tying touchdown. Oregon is favored by nine points. Over under fifty nine. Give me the Ducks. Give me Tyler Shuck. They're going to cover the spread and hit the over. Boom! I love it. Go Ducks. Um. I. This this next game scares me, but I have a funny feeling about this game because I have been a Bo Nick's um, detractor, if you will, since last year's freshman year. Kid hasn't played all that great. Gus Malzahn just sticks with it, like he's like I'm gonna make this work. He may not have a better option on the bench, but it looks bad. This week they play against Texas A&M, who's the number five team in the country. Texas A&M is favored by five and a half points over under 48 and a half. I have felt the same way about Texas A&M as I felt about Oklahoma State in the beginning of this season. Number five is way too high for this team. Way, 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 way too high. That's why Auburn, I believe Auburn wins this game. Texas A&M, even though they're a good football team, they are overrated compared to where their ranking is. They're about a 10 to 14 team. That's where they belong. They're not a top five team. Uh, Bo Nix will finally get it right a little bit. Auburn's good enough on defense to stop Texas A&M from running the football. That means that Kellen Mom will have to beat him with his arm. And sometimes that dude is iffy. So give me Auburn. I don't need no damn points straight up and the overhits boom. Next name, Texas at Kansas State. So last week, I said that Texas, Tom Herman, that they were going to fight. Well, Texas is trying to hire Urban Meyer from up underneath uh, and, and, and oust Tom Herman. They have personal beef. But I'm still riding with Tom Herman. I think he's, I think he's a fighter, dude. I think he's a fighter. He's not going to give up. Hopefully his team shows up for him. Texas is favored by seven points on the road, going to Manhattan, Sam Ellinger, one of his final games, maybe unless he comes back for a senior, senior season. Um, Yeah. So give me Texas and they hit the over the Kansas state. They they've had a quarterback problem. Their quarterback has been out a while. Not sure if he's back yet. Still, I don't know. I have a propensity for liking overs anyways. Um, Washington State at USC, number 20 USC. USC dropped two spots in the rankings last week. Inexplicably, it was wrong. Um, the over-under in this game is absolutely, it's a—it's almost 100 points. No, I'm joking. It's 67 and a half. Give me, and USC's favorite by 13 points. Washington State, though, their quarterback, freshman quarterback, Jaden DeLora, he should be back. This is going to be a game that's going to score a billion points. Neither one of these teams is going to be able to stop the other one. And Washington State is just a better version of an offense of what USC runs. Washington State uh, beats that 13 points, but USC, the cardiac kids, win the game. Three more games up. Florida at Tennessee. Florida's favored by 17 and a half points. They over under 62 and a half. I'm just like at some point in time, like Jerry, Jeremy Pruitt, their head coach, and Garantano, their quarterback, who he believes in, who he just keeps going back to that well, they have to get lucky one time and get it all right for an entire game, not just a half. They got to be able to put it together. And this is the game I believe that they will do it. Tennessee, plus the points, still think Florida's the better team. Florida's going to win. And truthfully, Florida's better than Texas a and too. Um. Yeah. So give me Tennessee. Give me the points. Next game. This game is intriguing. Indiana, number 12, Indiana at number fraudulent 16, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by 13 and a half points. Michael Penix Jr., who is Indiana's quarterback, is gone. He tore his ACL, so he is uh, see you next season. And Wisconsin, they've been off. They've already missed three games already this season. They were off last week by a canceled game. The game before that, they only scored seven points and got beat up by Northwestern. Indiana likes to play ugly games. They'll figure out something at quarterback. If they have anything at quarterback, they will win this football game. So give me Indiana give me the points this line looks absolutely asinine and ridiculous to me um yeah wisconsin will be rusty anyway last game up do you guys want to see a dead body do you want to see a dead body because this is what's happening alabama at lsu in death valley alabama against lsu is favored by 29 and a half points 29 and a half in points lsu lsu had the game against texas a&m last week in the bag all they had to do was be able to score a little bit there they don't lsu's biggest crime is the fact that they can't protect their quarterback they you send a blitz at them it's getting home hitting the quarterback in the face doesn't matter who it is i'm taking alabama i'm taking the points dude this is going to be an utter destruction and ordinarily a 29 and a half point line i would take the team uh a conference team but the prop because they'll score late but the problem is lsu can't score give me bama give me bama am i ryster or am i wrong i'm probably ryster but if not peace out catch you guys monday oh and big announcement big big